0: All right, well, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome back to our Youth Summit Conference call where we um, come to um, experience our youth um, celebrating the Lord. So today we are um, in the month of February. This is the last, um, I believe this is the last Saturday in February. And so today we are, um, we have, decided to dedicate this service to um a moment in black history. So um, to get us started, Sister Christian is going to come and offer us an opening prayer.
1: <coughs> Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus, we thank you for waking us up this morning, oh God. We pray that you'll forgive us for our sins that we committed against you and thought you the word, oh God. We yes, ask that you just guide us, Lord God. Lead us, Lord God. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, Lord God. We pray that we bless our friends, Lord God, our family, Lord God. Bless our homes, Lord God. Protect us and cover us, Lord God. Um, give us strength, Lord God. We pray that you would bless the service right now, Lord God. Help the um children to come up with inspirational words and motivating things. In Jesus' name we do pray, amen. Amen.
0: And Sister Christian wanted to be the first also to present. Um, And so today we are blessed to have a lot of um, wonderful presentations on different different people uh, uh, within our culture and within the black African-American culture and just Sharing how they impacted history. Um, so each of our youth are going to come in their own individual way as they present on the person that they have selected to represent in today's um, conference call. So again, Sister Christian uh, requested to go first. So we're going to go ahead and let her get us started. And I believe she is going to introduce to us um, Nelson Mandela.
2: Hello.
1: Um, Nelson Mandela was from Africa. He um he ended up writing becoming an author. He was an activist in Africa. Um, he ended up getting um the Nobel Peace Prize. He wrote many books, he has he was a philanthropist, he was a political leader, he fought basically for the rights of um uh, about apartheid yeah he started to um help with apartheid in South Africa and basically he worked with other leaders who were inspirational in the black community and he was successful he got to a very old age I think he was about like 80 or 90, 89 or 90 when he died but yeah he was a pillar for the black community. Yeah, he was the first black president as well in um South Africa. Well we thank you, Christian,
0: for your presentation on Nelson Mandela. Um he was very instrumental in ending apartheid. Um he served as president in South Africa from nineteen ninety four to nineteen ninety nine, which was a major accomplishment considering that there were um that just didn't happen over there. Um and, you know, one of the things that he is really known for is the time that he spent in prison, um, wrongfully imprisoned, um, for the works that he did trying to um, fight for justice among the African community over there. Um, so we thank you again for your um Thank you again for your um, contribution to today's uh, program. At this time, we are going to receive Brother Cross, who is going to be speaking on Muhammad Ali.
3: Muhammad Ali, original name is Cassius Clay, and he was born in 1942, and he was born in Louisville, Kentucky. Cassius Clay was a boxer who um dealt with racism and he uh was a boxer who lost his title and was kicked out of the military and also muhammad ali he refused to fight in the military and the war and his stance on the war led Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King to call for young men to declare themselves as constituents, constituent objective as well, saying no matter what you think of Muhammad Ali's religion, that you admire his courage. And Muhammad Ali resonated to the sport of boxing in 1970 and won two fights in quick succession over Jerry Corey and Oscar Bonneva to set up his first three epic classes with Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali also also um he kind of tried to keep people from being race uh, uh how do I put this racist about Muslims and he became a Muslim and that's why he changed his name to Muhammad Ali because he became a follower of Islam
4: Amen. Well, thank
0: you, Brother Cross, for sharing and um, presenting on um, Muhammad Ali. We definitely appreciate your presentation. Um, we're now going to have... Is Brother Aaron on the line?
4: Okay. Um, I'm doing how that called And... She was born in Alabama on September 5, 1939. She was a civil rights activist and a nurse aide. Claudette was a member of of the NAACP, Youth Council. On March 2nd, 1955, she was returning home from school and took her seat at the back of the bus when a white woman got on a bus and had no places to sit, the bus driver told Claudette to move. She did not move, so the bus driver called the police, and they took her off the bus. This incident happened months before Rosa Parks refused to give up her seat. Claudette's family and black leaders did not want to did not want her to make an issue about getting. Arrested for not giving up her seat. This is because Claudette was not fair-skinned. She did not not have good hair. She was a teenager, and she was pregnant. Leaders in the civil rights movement thought it was best to use Rosa Parks for the bus boycott movement because she was my skinned.
0: She had good hair and why people liked her. Amen. Thank you so much, Brother Aaron, for your pre- for your presentation on Claudette Colvin. And that's good information to know. I had never heard of her before. So I'm definitely gonna do some more research, um, because her her story is very similar to Rosa Parks's and we hear a lot about Rosa Parks and the role that she played in the movement, but um her incident happened even before, so I'm definitely interested to learn even more. So we thank you so much, Brother Ann, for introducing us to Claudette Colvin. All right. So at this time, if Brother Ventrell is ready, we are ready to receive you.
4: Okay. Um, today, I'll be talking about George Washington Carver, Uh George Washington Carver was born into slavery. A year before it was outlawed, Carver left home at a young age to pre- pursue an education, pursue an education, and will eventually earn a master degree in agriculture. George Washington Carver uh, had discovered
1: Peanut butter.
0: And Ariel um presentation is going to be on Miss Gladys West and um, Minister Denise, we're gonna turn it over to her so that she can um render that for us.
5: Okay, y'all. Ariel's uh hers is recorded because she had to be at work and I hope it plays through clearly. Gladys, thank you.
2: For her contribution to the mathematical modeling of the shape of the Earth and her work on the development of the satellite ge- geodesic models that were eventually incorporated into the global positioning system called the GPS. Dr. Gladys was has GPS or the global positioning system and has finally received the recognition she was by being inducted into the Air Force Base, the Missile Pioneer's Hall of Fame by the United States Air Force during the ceremony held at the Pentagon on December 6th. Though Dr. Ritz was unable to attend the formal ceremony back in August, she was presented with one of corn and cotton.
5: Okay, that
0: that's it for recording. We thank we please let Errol know that we are so appreciative of her um, knowing that she had to work and still taking time out to record her part in the service to make sure that um, she could still participate. We are grateful for her going above and beyond, and we don't count it lightly. So we thank her um, so much for her sharing on today. so that is all of our presenters except for Brother Montague's, which we'll call him back in just a moment. Um, but while we are waiting for him to prepare, um, I wanted to share um, some information on um, on Miss Harriet Tubman. And the reason why um, I noticed that none of, none of the children um, chose Harriet Tubman, and I know that we often hear about Harriet Tubman. She's one of the popular people. Um, In Black history and often discussed But I wanted to share On Harriet Tubman for The sake of our monthly study um, Workmanship Um, And so There's so many facts that we know About um, Harriet Tubman We know that she was um, She was um, One of the American abolitionists We know that she was a political activist we know that she was born a slave. We know that she escaped slavery. Um, we also know that she made about 13 missions back to the south. Once she once she safely made it to the north, she made about 13 uh, missions back to the south, and she liberated approximately 70 other enslaved people, family members and strangers alike. We know that she uh, was a part of she was um considered a conductor in the underground railroad where she worked with other famous people um such as um Frederick Douglass and um I'm trying to think of the the gentleman's name um there was a gentleman who um like the first gentleman that she met and he would record the basically he would record the slave narratives of those that came in from the underground railroad she was the first she was one of the only um, African Americans to escape slavery and make it from the South to the North alone. Um, Everyone else that had escaped slavery, they traveled in pairs and in packs and things like that. And so they had, you know, supported each other and they made it, you know, from one place to the next with the help and the support of each other. But she was, she made it alone and you know, people always say that she made it alone. But I want you guys to realize that Harriet Tubman was not alone. Um, the significance in her being able to make that journey without anyone else is the fact that she had a medical condition. Um, pretty, it was probably brain damage from where when she was struck by her master in the head and she suffered a nasty blow to the head for, at the hands of her master and ever since she got that blow, she would have fainting spells um and so those fainting spells would cause her to just pass out at random at any given time. She didn't have any control over it or anything like that. She would just pass out and and it, that was it and when she wake up, she wakes up, but she had no control over it. It wasn't like you could shake her and wake her up or throw some water on her and wake it up, wake her up. It was when her brain decided to reset and let her get up that she was able to get back up. And so that is that in and of itself is a testimony to the fact that God was with her, okay? Um, another thing about that is um, they often said when she went back, when she, you know, when they enlisted her or initiated her as a conductor, and she would go back and get other slaves from the south and bring them north. Um, she would have these spells, and every time she woke up from one of her spells or her um her fainting spells, she would wake up with a message from God. So every time she would go to sleep or um, she would pass pass out and wake up from those spells, she God would have spoken to her and shown her in her dreams um where to go where danger was which direction to go and the reason why she was so successful in leading so many people out of slavery is because she listened to the voice of God she um allowed she was not led in her own strength She didn't do it in her own strength. She was determined to go back and save other people, but she knew that she had to obey whatever it was that God was telling her to do. She had to go where God told her to go. And if she had just once disobeyed the voice of God, even when people, some people around her doubted her because she was, you know, they're like, God ain't telling her what to do. You know, they're like, this isn't the safe way to go. You know, we need to go that way. You know, so she met resistance from some of the slaves that she was trying to liberate and free because they didn't believe that she – um, they didn't always believe that she was – that the Lord was telling her and leading her and tell, you know, she would do something drastic to just – she would just obey and then as she, in her obedience they would see that God, you know, would make a way for her and they would follow. And so it's – and I say all that to say – um that we are we we look at her and we look at all of these great people that are presented to us today all of these people and this applies to you as well everyone is born with a purpose all of these people had a purpose and because they obeyed their purpose because they did not live in fear because they did not conform because they were willing to trust God and do um do or go outside of the the norm or get outside of their comfort zone, they were able to achieve and do great things for the kingdom of God. Um, Even though Muhammad Ali was a Muslim or he uh, chose to go over to Islam, his his movements and the things that he did were still rooted and grounded in faith Um, in his in his belief in something higher now we know that um we know that um our faith should be in god we know that jesus is is um is the way and we we know that um we have to submit to god and live for god and and all these different things and i say that to your generation that just like those before us had purpose, just like those before us did great things for the kingdom, you too have purpose, and you too can do great things for the kingdom. Don't be conformed to be like everybody else. Don't care about what other people say. When God tells you to move or God tells you to do certain things or to function a certain type of way, be obedient to God's word. Be obedient to God's will for your life. It's okay to be different. It's okay not to conform and just um, be like everybody else. We have to be like that. That's how change goes about. That's how things happen in this country. Um, We see out in in our society today that the fight for freedom and equality is still happening in 2021. We see it with the Black Lives Matter movement. We see it with... um, with the different activists, young act, the, um, young activists that are doing poetry and, and doing different things to get the voice heard. We actually see, um, young kids out protesting and, um, and things like that for Black Lives Matter and all these things. Um, but your gift, your gift that God has given you will make room for you to fulfill your, per- fulfill purpose in this life and to help make things better for yourself for your community, for your family, and for your loved ones. Maybe your gift is not out there protesting and being an activist, but your gift may be um, spreading the gospel. Your gift may be um, creating the next big thing that's going to help to drive the world forward in some way or method in technology. Your gift may be writing songs or writing poetry um, that's, that sings or uh, speaks about in, in injustice or inequality. It could be anything, but whatever it is, seek God's face and whatever He tells you to do, be obedient to it. Be able to disconnect from the world, be able to disconnect from social media, be able to disconnect from Facebook and Instagram and all those things. And if you are going to be connected to social media, Instagram, and all those things, make sure that when you are connected, you're connected in the way that you can bring glory to God, because that could be your gift. Your gift could be through social media um, spreading the gospel. It could be through social media speaking out on different topics or important things. It could be posting Um, every day a positive word to help brighten someone's day. But find out what your purpose is and live with purpose. Live with purpose. Fulfill your purpose because God created you for greatness, and he expects you to walk in that greatness. He gave you gifts for a reason, not to be squandered, not to be wasted, not to be out here um, wasting your time on things that are not going to bring forth anything great in your life. If what you're doing, you're not getting a return, you're not getting a positive return from, reexamine it and change it. Your future is up to you. The things that you do in this life are up to you. It's up to you whether or not you're gonna obey God. It's up to you whether or not you're gonna figure out what your purpose is. It's up to you whether or not you are going to live out what you are created for. So make a decision today to be like these leaders that came before you and do the things that you need to do to be able to make your mark in this world. Some people's marks are louder than others, but a mark is a mark nonetheless, whether it's in your community or whether it's global throughout the land. Your mark matters. At this time, we are going to – I'm going to turn it over to Minister Denise. Um, If – Unless Tay is ready. If Tay is ready, we'll have Tay, yeah. and then okay. we'll have Minister Denise. Elder Hopkins. Yes, ma'am. Hopkins. Right before he yeah. come, I want to take back on what you were saying about uh,
5: Harriet Tubman. Mm-hmm. I don't my memory. I, I know everybody heard what you were saying about her, but I want to add that I had heard that story. Where well, everybody know they had the movie come out, whatever the name of the movie was about her? And I had heard on a, a, the talk show that they had really wanted to make a movie about her years before it actually happened. But they wanted to use a white woman as Harriet. And the people wouldn't go along with that because they were telling her that was a black woman and we need to be a black woman. And just to show how they, what they think about our black people, one of them said they won't know the difference. Now, they think black people just that stupid. That they would, <laughs> you know, look at a movie about Harriet Tubman with a white woman playing Harriet Tubman. So I just, I keep saying our our um uh, children don't let your race and stuff hold you back. And another thing, I had one to uh let them know to go along with what Aria said about Dr. West. She was among the so-called hidden figures which was part of the team who did computing for the U.S. military in the era before electronic systems, which uh, brought about, in my mind, uh, that picture, hidden figures. I do want to see it, but, you know, they only actually spoke about, uh, had three women that they talked about. And I'm quite sure that's one of the reasons why this lady finally received her accolades for what she did during that time frame. But uh from my understanding, Tay is ready and and then uh we'll come back to me. So Tay unmute your phone and we can go ahead and get started. Good
1: afternoon. Today I'll be doing Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson was an American professional baseball player who became the first African-American to play major league baseball in the modern area. Robinson broke the baseball color line when he started at first base for the Brooklyn Dodgers on April 15, 1947. When the Brooklyn Dodgers signed Robinson, they heard the end of racism, sick segregation, and professional baseball that we re- regulated black players to the Negro league since 1880s. Robinson was included into the baseball hall of fame in 1962. Amen. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
5: you. <laughs> we appreciate that. For all that don't know, that's Ben uh, Trell's youngest brother who will officially be a teenager next month. Um, so we, we thank you for participating and Hope you remain on the line with us. Did um, you, you need to say anything else talking before I get started? No, ma'am. It's in your hands. Okay, since we're like halfway through, a lot of y'all children don't know about icebreakers. So I hadn't heard of that before, but I, was adult too, but I just got this icebreaker I would like to share with. I may be fine at the end or whatever, but one day I was... My grandchildren were with me. We were, I had picked them up, they were going somewhere with me or whatever. And we had to stop because this man was, um, and his son, they were trying to get the, the dog and the puppies out the street, leaving them out the street back into the yard and everything. So I, I was, while I was standing there looking, I said, That's the okay, the, the mama dog and and, and her puppies. So I, I talked to, to my grandchildren, I said, now where's the daddy? Where's the daddy dog? But then we got into the discussion. I said, now, out of, all of my memory, when I see dogs, you see the mama and the, the puppies. Or either you see the mama by herself or the daddy by himself, or you see a, a, a male dog and a female dog. But out of my recollection, I never seen a male dog, a female dog, and the puppies, like a family. So I, I was, uh, it, it just started sending that to my mom. I say, I told my boyfriend because I said, I don't want you to be like that in life, because that's something that happens in life. Men go around making all these babies, making them here, making them there, and everywhere, and the children always be there with the mother, regardless of and everything. So all I blew out is, the children, do dogs get married? They can do nothing but bust out laughing. I have a lot of fun when I beat my grandchildren rent about myself and everything. So they just bust out laughing. And I tell y'all, listen, 48 hours ago, I seen on if, if they had one of these news stations where they showed that these people were having a wedding for a male and female dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was kind of funny to me. I said, well, they answered my question. I guess I was going get married They their own or have a wedding for them or whatever, but uh, <laughs> I will just uh, start on what I want to actually tell you all. i just start with what we are going to say. But uh, everything that, that that I'm about to say is it, it goes hand in hand with black history, and uh, so I'm going to go ahead and just history period. And first I want to tell you all about uh just some brief facts about syphilis, and i know a lot of children do not really talk about stuff like that in school but if the parents will uh gain knowledge and teach you all or you remind yourself you get you'll find some very informative information but the main point about it is that it is the one disease that predominantly affects black people uh even though yeah, our black people and everybody have a lot of other diseases and other illnesses, but this one particular one is the one that predominantly affects black people. And at one point in time, it was called the black disease and stuff like that. But um, but time has shown that it it doesn't just affect black people anymore. And um, throughout the years research they have gained a whole lot of research to help people and uh, discoveries have came about to heal some of the younger children but they have to meet certain criteria in order to get that. And I guess the reason I thought about this was because you know they got this um vaccine for the for the virus, the, the what's called virus. So you see how quick they came up with a vaccine to compact this virus. Uh hopefully, you know, it's gonna be success successful as it has been so far. And it just had me thinking about, okay, they working around the clock on this. People don't have success forever. I don't know how long back. My oldest aunt would have been ninety five this year if she had to live. She was sixty four when she died and she has success. So it just let you know to show that they're not putting in that effort like they can do and the government is really not even giving them the funds in order to for them to even do the type of research that they need to do. But I can say and I thank God for the research that they have been successful with and the stuff that they have gained and found out about. And which leads me to say because I say it's not just a predominantly black disease anymore. There was a white man that he was at this capital, our capital in here in Atlanta. He spoke at one of the sicker cell symposiums, and the reason he was speaking because the sicker cell attacked his family. He said that one day uh, the doctors called, I don't know how many children he had, but when they had a son, the doctor called him a couple of months later and told them that uh, their son had the sickle cell trait and they wanted to set an appointment for them to come in so they could be tested and stuff like that. And um, the message put him in a state of shock because he said, and he held up his legs and stuff. as you can see, I'm white as ice, white as snow, and he felt like there was no way in the world that his son could have specifically a trait, and um, he started accusing his wife of messing around. They they almost got divorced and all that kind of stuff. So when they did the test, when they did the tests and the research and everything, it came back that that trait came from his side of the family, not the wife's side of the family. He said he felt like a fool then, but it just goes to show that it's not – just attacking black people, but what he found out was, he said he went to his grandma. She was still living at that time. He was asking his grandma any, anything she could tell them, anything she knew, whatever to, try to figure out how this thing came to uh, their family and everything. He said his grandma would never say that she would just now. So he didn't find out till after she had died that you know, actually what had happened or how it came about, but he never did really just killed But my conclusion was, and, and by else can figure out what it was, that the grandma, his grandma, as well as some of the other white women, they were enjoying our black men who were their slaves back then, just as well as the white slave owners were enjoying our black women slaves. So, with that trait going down and and, uh, apparently they probably enjoyed a whole lot of our black men, slaves, and everything. But they uh, are very prominent now that uh, whites and other races have sickle cell or the sickle cell trait and everything because of the interracial relationships that that's been going on forever. It's not just uh, now it's been going on way before you know way before now way back, I like we say way back in slavery days and we know that those black white masters would rape like those uh black women all the time and uh, one of the uh, popular uh thing that we don't heard about a whole lot lately is about President Lincoln and the children he had by his slave uh Sally and um, I found out that I don't know if all her children were still living when they did the DNA test, but one, I think maybe one was willing to do the test that was actually still living, and it came back positive that Lincoln was his father. And the goes I also found out that uh, President Lincoln's wife is the stepsister of that slave because. President Lincoln's wife's daddy was a slave's daddy. So they was conscious. It, it, it's been interracial stuff being going on forever. It's just that you don't see a lot of the, uh, well, you see it more along, well, the white men have the black women, but you always have seen where the black men will have the white, white women and everything. But I just want to bring that out about that. And everything just educate our children about that because it does have to do with our black history. And and we can now say that cell is not just a black disease, it's a disease. And I feel that because they are finding out that it's it's affecting and white people and other races are being born with it, I feel that like they're gonna provide more research. Uh For things to be taking place, because this man, like I say, he worked at the Capitol, and he he said it it had never been on his mind to support anything in reference to the Sick Cell Foundation or anything until that particular incident happened with his son. So he's advocating for the state and the country to put forth the uh, put forth dollars and stuff for research for that, because I'm quite sure he don't want that to happen no more in his formula uh forward and everything, which is private mean but uh it, it's a it's a good thing on our part because we do have somebody that's in the capital that's working on our behalf or people behalf to have success and everything. So now I would like to uh get started like uh Ed Hawkins was talking about our monthly um Bible study lesson which came from Ephesians two and ten which tells us that we, we are God's workmanship, and she, she spoke about uh, being created on purpose. And it's in the Bible that it lets you know that you're created on purpose with purpose. And one thing I shared when I did my thing uh, the other events uh, is that when we listen to God, our brains will change, and he will show us our purpose. That's if we haven't found out what our purpose is, or we don't know what it is. And then we could be here for more than one purpose. So I'd like to share this scripture. Deuteronomy 18, eight eighteen says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that so he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers, as it is this day. And, like I said, everything I'm about to tell you all, it, it it is hand in hand with black history and how you all can make a difference. And the reason I say that, because you were created by God, that like he's your workmanship, you were created a him for a purpose, and you were built for this. You were built to honor and glorify God through your gifts, talents, and abilities. Third John... One, first chapter, second verse states, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers, meaning that God desires that your natural life prospers even as your spiritual life prospers. God desires that you are strengthened in all areas of your life. So let God feed and strengthen your spirit even as you develop your character, diligence, and work ethic. And one of the next uh, words I'm going to use, you all hear it all the time, you hear from your parents, your teachers, and other people, and that is education, education. God uses education as a tool. Education prepares you to pursue the purpose. Education is a tool that helps you identify Develop, groom, and sharpen your skills, talent, gifts, and abilities. And through education, God builds your character and teaches you how to steward your gifts wisely. Through education and submission, learn to master your craft. You should let God lead you through your process. And this is another important thing. Education is a weapon that God uses through you. To impact and transform the world, and listening to a, a lot of our presentations and people that we have heard about before, we have seen that to happen, and we know that can happen. Let God use your intelligence to shift the world. Remember God created you and gave you your intellect and intelligence and according to first thessalonians five twenty three we are spirit soul, and body. Another thing about education that I uh, have told my children is to tell them and the grandchildren that your knowledge is something that nobody can take from you. They can take your house, your cars, your property, but what you have up in your head and what you know, nobody can take it from you. They can pay you for what you know, and I tell you, get, get a job that you get paid for what you know, but not get paid for what they want you to do. And when you get paid for what you know, sometimes you can set you can your own salary and, and everything. But, God, you may, now you may be gifted, but it takes discipline to master your gifts. We know that all of you are gifted, talented, and very wise. So education sharpens your gifts. When you submit your gifts to God, he will lead you, teach you, develop you, and strengthen you. And sound teaching strengthens your foundation. And although you may be gifted, you may be called. You may be even talented. But Paul states in 2 Timothy 2 and 15, Steady to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth. The easy-to-read version says it like this. Do your best to be the kind of person God will accept and give yourself to him. Be a worker who has no reason to be ashamed of his work, one who applies the true teaching in the right way. And this work is come, come up again: study, study, study. Learn the right way of doing things before you lead others. Choose to submit, submit to God's way of doing things. Pray and ask God for wisdom. Ask God for wisdom as how to steward the gifts that he has given you. Whether you're called to lead in business, government, faith, education, media, creative arts, creative arts, or in your family, Education, both formal and informal instruction, are your tools to climb. Mm
2: -hmm.
5: God gives you the power to climb. Okay, education examines paths that have been created by others who have gone ahead of you. Education examines and studies the ways that already exist. God creates and directs. New and uncharted paths. God gives you insight as to what has not been done yet, and I would like to elaborate on that. God, God's education. Now, uh, God gives you insight as to what has not been done yet, meaning that years from now, you, our grandchildren, great grandchildren, great great grandchildren, some of us, some of us will still be living too. We'll be reading about the discoveries and inventions and improvements that you all have made, because, like we just said, God gives we give you insight as to what has not been done yet. So we know that there are things that um uh, that are uh, we have existing in life. A lot of things can receive a need improvement, and then. We know there are things that need to be invented. We may not know what it is to be invented. Just, uh, I just think about the, the GPS system. Uh, before we even knew really anything about it, you know, when you get, go traveling on a trip and stuff, you had your map or you had your directions and everything, wrote down and everything. So, all of us really had our own GPS system, but it was just not the famous GPS which goes on to show that there is room for any type of improvement or invention. God's education supersedes man's process and platform. The earth is the Lord, so let God lead you. Let God give you his revelation. He wants to do a new thing in you and through you. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. <clears throat> revelation is God's revealed word through man. When you couple God's revelation with education, innovation is birth. And through your submission to God, witty ideas are born. And. Um, to say something about that particular statement, which is where really the ideas are born. We know a lot of ideas make a, make a lot of sense that people come up with. But what about the super circle? To me, I mean, I always thought that that's a fun thing for children. Uh, but to me, it's made like a gun, and I, I just don't like to do anything or give children anything that's made like a gun. But it's fun for them because they're wearing each other up and all that kind of stuff. But I would call that a witty idea, but I'm quite sure there are other things that are witty ideas that, are, that have much more purpose than that type of thing. But that was a fun thing for church. So when you study the field, if you're called to, you will begin to learn, observe, and internalize the principles, patterns, and precepts of that particular field. The education prepares you to lead. Education prepares you to steward your gifts properly. And when you are presented with an opportunity to execute what you've learned, posture yourself to become a good steward of the knowledge that God has given you. And God can present the platform that is up to you to execute. Why I say this? Because you were built for this. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. You can find that in Proverbs 4 and 7. And the, uh, before you start a new job, ask God for wisdom. Before you start a new class, ask God for wisdom. If you are having difficulty learning new ideas or grasping new concepts, Ask God for wisdom. God does not lack wisdom. God wants you to succeed. He wants you to excel. God wants you to excel in spiritual and natural things. Let God lead you before every exam. Let God lead you as you diligently study and adequately prepare. Ask him to give you wisdom concerning the material you're learning. And as I understand, many of our youth are getting ready to take the Georgia Milestone. They're getting ready to take the other tests, progress tests or whatever. And some are even getting ready to take the SAT test. So it's very important. I'm going to read this again. God wants you to excel in spiritual and in natural things. Let him lead you before every exam. Let him lead you as you diligently Study and adequately prepare. And the most important thing, ask God for wisdom. And remember this, that success comes from God. So when you all get out there making those brand new discoveries and inventions, and remember that, that success comes from God. Promotion and advancement comes from him as well. God wants you to be successful, but you must submit to him. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. Again, he wants you to be the head, not the tail, but are you prepared for the promotion? Education prepares you, but promotion comes from God. Prepare yourself for the promotion. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for our youth. I pray for those participating, listening, and those that couldn't join our Youth Summit Conference today. I ask you to bless them all. I ask you to remove any remnant of fear. I pray that you strengthen their hearts and hands for their great works. Please grant them the wisdom to flourish. I pray that you strengthen their hands to build and that you bless their work, bless the work of their hands. Teach them how to lead in the classroom and in the boardroom. Father, guide the footsteps and lead them in all that they do. Give them a heart to serve you and reflect your character in their talents, gifts, and abilities. Lord, sharpen, develop, and protect them. Give them a heart to learn more of you as well as a heart to serve and lead in your kingdom and in business, government, education, Media, creative arts, and even in their family. May you be reflected in every area of our lives. Father, we surrender our hearts to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
0: amen. Amen. Thank you so much for, um, we want to just say thank you to everyone for their participation in today's um, youth. Conference call. Um, we thank God for Minister Denise for the presentation that she just um, spoke to you. Spoken to your hearing. I hope that you all really take heed and listen to all of the great advice that she gave. And I also want you guys to do the research on Sally Hemings and President Thomas Jefferson. Um, there, and there even if you there clips that you can find on YouTube. Um, uh, from the Oprah Winfrey show where you can actually see descendants of Sally Hemings, who was the African-American slave. You can see descendants from her bloodline that appear to be white in color, or they appear to be of the Caucasian race, but they are direct descendants from the Sally Hemings bloodline and not the Thomas Jefferson bloodline. So definitely do the research on that. look up some of the videos. It's very, very interesting story. I did a lot of research on that um toward the end of last year, so I'm glad that Minister Denise shared that um with you guys and it's just you know it's amazing that um my grandmother used to say when we were when I was little like um when you're black or African American descent, your children can come out any color. <laughs> it doesn't matter what color you are. A baby that looks white with blue eyes, and it can be the the paternal, you know, biological parents of the child, and that's just because there's so much in our bloodline and our DNA, um, and so much things, so much is crossed up, um, just from interracial relationships, as Minister Denise um, discussed about. So um, that that would be a great project for you guys to deep dive in and, and do a little more research. You can get some more information. Uh, we thank God for all of our guests. We thank God for um, Mr. Terry. We thank God for um, Sister Ariel, again, for her recor- sending her recording in her absence. We thank God for Brother Aaron and Brother Cross, for Brother Montavious. Um, uh, I think he prefers to be called Tay, but we thank you, Tay, for participating and taking part today. We thank God always for Brother Ventrell and for Sister Christian for opening us up in prayer and also for um, presenting um, on today. Um, Brother Zion could not be here because he had wrestling tournaments, but he is going to listen to the recording, and he did send his support. Um, So at this time, we're going to ask Brother Cross if he would come and close us out in prayer, and um, at that point, we'll be dismissed. Thanks again to everyone for your participation. We love you guys, and we um, are Grateful for you guys um, The bulletin will be posted For March And on that bulletin I'm sure it will have uh, The next um, Youth Summit um, And once we have that date We'll um, Share that information with you Through the Bible study Or the Sunday service Brother Klaus If you're ready You can please Close us out For dismissal
3: God Thank you for allowing us To have Let's do God Thank you for allowing us the line to flow. Good to the logo with no malfunctions or anything like that. We ask that you cover us from as we're away from our families and what our families are got and those that are at school or got we ask that you cover those children too log out. We ask that you allow our grades to uh, be able to stay improved and allow us to still be able to learn while we're uh digital God. And we ask that you allow us to have Many good
0: days, Lord God, in Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. Amen. Please um, please remember to keep our pastors in prayer as they are traveling um, during this time. Um, Also, uh, keep Elder Chris in prayer. Um, It was brought to my attention that she was in the hospital today. So please um, make sure that you keep those in prayer. We thank you, Mother Owens, for jumping on and supporting our youth on today. And Sister Terry, we thank you for jumping on and supporting. We love you guys. And you guys are dismissed. Have a blessed and prosperous weekend. And we'll meet you back here tomorrow for 11 o'clock service.